Hello and welcome to the Kidney Ally Nutrition Podcast, the one and only podcast where we tackle the hardest questions around what constitutes a good, healthy kidney diet. Whether you're a patient, a carer, a nephrologist, or a dietitian, I'm sure you'll learn something new today about what constitutes a good, healthy kidney diet. Hi guys, welcome to the Kidney Nutrition Podcast um, with Kidney Ally. I'm Carl, your co-host, uh, co-founder of Kidney Ally and a kidney transplant patient, and this is my co-host. I'm Ruth Kanda, I'm a renal dietitian in London, and we're here to talk to you today. Yes, about plant-based diets, which is all the, the fad that I think I've seen in the past two years online uh, with kidney patients and understanding what the positives of that mean and kind of really uncovering the myths behind it as well. Because I think that it is a bit confusing. It's not a solution. It is a, a way of you know changing your diet. And there's lots of things about it that I think um, patients are really confused about and, and what that really means. So probably first question to our um, wonderful master, Ruth. What, what is, why has plant-based diet become such a big thing for kidney patients? Like what's it really all about? I think that um, plant-based become quite big because there's a lot of people saying how should reduce the amount of protein that you're eating, in particular animal protein. Now, it, it, it stems way back, like in the 30s, there was a, um, a professor who said, you know, no protein actually in CKD and he did that with all his patients and then you know they all got sick and they had no protein so and I think that as the years have gone on various people experts have said all oh, you know plant proteins are better than animal proteins and then I think this is how it's evolved and it's and and also generally I think in a global sense that you know the the whole world is going more towards plant-based diets because it's helpful for diabetes stroke heart disease so it's 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 a global thing and then people have jumped on the bandwagon that if you've got kidney disease, you should avoid all animal protein and just have a plant-based diet. I think also there's elements of kind of as a population, whichever country you're from, it, it, it meat has kind of been a very central to a lot of diets. I know growing up, my mom used to try and make me vegetables. I didn't want to eat vegetables. I just want to eat chicken or beef or something like something that was meat-based. Um, and that just became part of pop culture and then everyone just got used to it. And, and that's, whereas if you look back at the history of humans, like we're, you know, tens of thousands of years old as a species. And for most of that time, a vast majority of that time, we were really foraging through forests and just living off the land. A majority of time it was plants. So our bodies really are used to eating plants, whereas, we weren't, you know, 20,000 years ago going to Tesco or Walmart and buying some chicken and, and frying it up. That was probably once a month, once a week maximum meal. Whereas if we keep putting that stuff in our body, breakfast, lunch and dinner, our bodies can't actually di digest it properly. And that, that's where my head makes, it makes a lot of sense to fill your diet full of veggies uh, and plants because that's what our bodies actually respond to. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I think also um, meat is very heavy and it's it's very high in fat as well. And I think that is no good too. So, yeah. Mm. And medical evidence behind this. So, it's, so it seems like a lot of doctors have 
got behind it from what I've seen online. I could be wrong, but is there like medical evidence that proves that if you had an average diet, which for most people is usually not that healthy, um, to get healthier, they go, okay, I'm gonna eat plant-based. Is there medical evidence if I switch from an average diet to plant-based that, that my kidney function will be better? So in terms of ki actual kidney function, there is no hardcore literature on that, which is really disappointing, actually. But um, there is a lot of literature on reduction of risk of diabetes or, or putting diabetes into remission, reduction of heart disease, reduction of stroke, reduction of blood pressure when people switch to a plant-based diet. I think that with the kidney population, it's, it's not an easy study to do. It will cost millions and I don't think they're gonna do it. But I have to say that with this group that we've created and also just being more involved at this level of kidney disease, I'm finding that so many people are reporting improvement in their kidney function when they've reduced the amount of animal protein and gone plant-based, huge improvements. And, and it's like a lot of people are saying this, it's not just one or two, it's many people. So I, I am much more convinced by this than I used to be, but in terms of hardcore papers, there's none. There's none. So it kind of like it feels that it 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 would if you weren't thinking about it, it would probably be at least to kind of balance your diet diet out. So there's more plants than less would probably be the strong recommendation. But to go full plant based is probably for someone that eats a lot of meat quite hard to do. So even if you shift your diet slightly, it's probably going to be see an improvement. There also kind of there is also the ethics behind it as well, and that's really got what what why I am a pescatarian, so I eat fish. Um, so that was driven by watching that cowspiracy documentary. Actually, I watched that and realized, oh, hang on a second. As a species, like we just keep we keep making animals to eat them, which makes no sense when you when we could be just eating plants and fish. Um, and the effect on the planet was quite bad, slight brainwashing from the documentary, but I felt ne felt really bad about eating meat from that point on. And I think that the thing I could do was maybe just eat less meat and eat a plant-based diet. But then I've seen my kidney function for since doing that for the past three or four years, being really stable as a transplant patient. So I could only report for myself by eating, taking meat out of my diet and being a transplant patient for doing that for four years now no issues with my kidneys, it's very stable, all quite positive. So audience of one, not audience of many, but I can attest to the fact that removing animal proteins, but being quite positive for me. Um, and, and the one thing I was initially worried about when I did go pe pescatarian based, and the reason why I probably went pescatarian based instead of vegetarian is because I was worried about where I get the protein from. And I knew that I like fish, at least I'll get it from fish. But for someone that is plant-based, I think that's probably the biggest question people ask. They're like, okay, I used to eat a steak every day, put chicken in my meal, put um, yeah. pork in my meal. Where, where do patients, if they think about switching to this diet, which looks really positive, but then where do they get their, their protein? Because you need to have protein, right? Even if it's plant-based protein. 100%, yeah. And you also need decent you know, protein. I was talking to somebody... Um, last week who's changed his diet massively and it was really healthy but it was you know fruits and vegetables and, and a bit of gra and grains 
but there was no there was no protein hardly in it at all so that was a bit disappointing so the the main sources of plant protein are going to be from beans and lentils and tofu and soya there's something called seitan seitan which is um which is the protein part from wheat and it's it's made you buy it as a powder and you mix it with water and you make it into a like this log actually it looks like a log and then you cook it and slice it and that's also really nice um and there's also a little bit of protein in nuts um and then also there's a there's a grain called quinoa which is higher protein than other grains so higher protein than than protein in, in rice for example so those those would be the main sources but you would really need to make a very big effort to eat them every day and eat good sized portions because if you don't then you're not going to get anywhere near enough protein. with beans i kind of did pick that up when i started tracking the amount of grams of protein that i needed a day realized when i went to a pescatarian diet which has a lot of protein from fish the days yeah. i wasn't eating fish i was almost next to nothing protein because yeah. even if you have a bit of quinoa or a bit of beans or um a bit of tofu it still only doesn't get to your 50 60 grams you need a day so you do need to be thinking about if on a plant-based diet how can i add protein to this because the protein whether it's from something needs to be in there because otherwise a big misconcern which you can check out our previous podcasts on protein is you need you can't remove the protein from the diet because your body needs protein otherwise other bad things will happen and your, your kidney can still work it's work it's fine even if it's a plant-based protein you need to keep adding it to your diet as well because other bad things will happen absolutely um yeah so just remember to take all those foods and, and it's having a variety of foods so and and also plant-based doesn't mean um i was just talking about this morning what it means it doesn't mean to cut out all um meat and fish and chicken it's just reducing it so Actually, there was a very nice guide on the British Nutrition Foundation website, and it had a seven-day meal plan, and it had um, one day was plant-based, and one day was was you know a bit of animal protein, so chicken and fish, and one day was plant-based. So I kind of thought that was a really nice way of doing it, and I do talk about that with people. So I often say to people, well, maybe have one meal plant-based and one meal with chicken or egg or fish or something like that. So then you're getting a real mixture of proteins in a day, and then you'll get all the the, the right balance of protein and all the amino acids that you need for good health. And that's something we're going to really push on the Kidney Ally website, where we're going to add a lot of recipes that are as delicious as they would if you were eating from a regular person's diet, particularly around plant-based and particularly around finding ways to find flavors through not necessarily a meat means, but through whether it's, um, you know, uh, areas like beans or through particular vegetables, you can get those flavors from that. You don't need to add a bunch of salt and have meat in that particular dish to have a delicious dish, which is really important as well. I think it's an important note. Um, yeah. So in regards to the hardcore area of a plant-based diet of actual plants, is there, does it mean if you're on a plant-based diet, I can then just go, okay, let's just find all the vegetables I like and focus on them. Is there for kidney patients, a bit of a worry about certain vegetables and others or how should they approach that the only time you need to worry about vegetables is if you've got high potassium level um and we've talked about potassium done a potassium 
podcast. But I, yeah, so so you can have any vegetable. Any vegetable is absolutely fine for kidney patients. But remember, if you if you're your borderline potassium, if you're high potassium, remember the high potassium ones, and 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 maybe boil vegetables more often because boiling removes potassium, um, and do it that way. I just want to mention in terms of fruit, the only fruit that should be avoided with kidney patients is star fruit because that's toxic to kidney patients. But otherwise, all fruits and vegetables are absolutely fine. Yeah, I think that's a, another big point. If you are listening to this, take that in that there are no foods that are bad for your kidneys at all. It's if, if unless your potassium is high, then you need to worry about what you're putting in your mouth because it might be high potassium that your kidneys can't filter out. That's the only thing you need to worry about. Other than that, go nuts with, with fruit and veggies besides star fruit. Um, and, you know, just try and experiment with different ones to find different flavors, Google them, find veggies you like, and, and hopefully maybe check out the Kidney Aloe website for uh, more recipes as well. Um, and then another, another big area of um, plant-based is around this whole emerging market of plant-based alternatives. Because obviously people for either ethical reasons or dietary reasons go plant-based, but then they go, well, I still need to have milk or I still need to have, I still like the texture of meat or I still want to eat, uh, you know, processed ham or fish. So that's only going to grow as a market over the next 10, 20 years. Is there particular things that kidney patients should look out for when they're looking to buy, you know, rice milk or oat milk, or for example, you know, seitan chicken or uh, plant-based ham or fish? Is there things that they should be looking for when they're on a plant-based diet? With so in items? terms of the, the milks, I think just make sure that they're fortified with calcium because otherwise you're going to miss out on the calcium. So rice milk, oat milk, almond milk, just make sure it's fortified. So it's usually fortified at a level of 120 milligrams of calcium per 100 mils of product or 100 grams. And um, that's the milk. And then in terms of this, the whole kind of massive market, I mean, it's become massive, this market of, you know, um, ready-made plant-based meals. I think, again, it, it's the same as, as anything else. It's a lot of, you know, it could be very processed and heavily processed and contain a lot of chemicals, which are not necessarily good for kidney patients. And there's a lot of phosphorus additives um, in these products and I was reading actually somewhere what it was maybe it was yesterday that how bad they are for anybody even for healthy people so just be conscious of you know what you're buying how often you're having it because really the best things are beans and lentils and tofu and soya beans fresh you know kind of dried dried soya beans but do be careful with them and do treat them like you would any other you know kind of processed meat or ready meal because just because it's plant-based and it's not based on chicken or ham doesn't mean it's 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 healthy it really doesn't yeah. i have noticed as well i'm not sure if in the us they have this but if you go to the plant-based section of the uk supermarkets you'll notice that basically a lot of the corn products which is very popular over here if you look at the salt area the salt is mental yeah. so like you'll look at processed ham it's like literally like having it's like a no-no so just don't look at the area, amount of salt if it's red just avoid it um and if you're in the us and they don't have those particular areas or any other part of the world just check the salt content per 100 grams and know that that's probably where you need to start with your kidney diet is reducing salt and in a lot of these plant-based 
uh, processed foods, the way they can actually make it tasty for the consumer is they just a lot of salt. There's a lot of salt in there. So just be careful about, about that in particular for kidney patients as well. Um, and to Ruth's point, same thing about milk with calcium. Um, and do they have to look maybe maybe beyond just as a general person, fat content? Do you find that sometimes with the these, maybe the more the ready meals might have a lot of high saturated fat in it because they add flavor somewhere like sugar or um, something else like oil to make it tastier? I, I, I know that coconut milk is, is quite high in saturated fat and we don't recommend it. And there's been an ongoing debate over the years that how, you know, maybe the saturated fat in coconut milk is healthier than, than regular saturated fat from, let's say, animal. But we don't really know. I haven't really done any proper studies. Um, in terms of sort of almonds and all that, to be honest, I'm not hugely familiar with them and I'm not sure if they have got a lot of... Um, um, I don't think they are high fat and I don't think they're so high sugar, but always check the label to see um, with the traffic light system if it's got a lot of um, sugar and fat in it. But I think that they're not. I think they're actually fine. I, it's just I'm more worried about all this plant based processed foods, actually, because you can be on a plant based diet and re eat really unhealthily. And that yeah, is not 100 percent. I've seen that a lot like. Um in the UK, they've got a vegan sausage roll at Greg's, which for people outside the UK is like kind of like a fast food bakery. And I'm sure that that it's like, um, again, the marketing behind a lot of these things make it sit, perceive that plant-based equals healthy. It in no case does that mean that plant-based equals healthy because they're using that as a marketing uh, tool to convince you to buy the product when in fact it's full of you know salt or sugar or other additives that will make it taste nice, but then seem healthy. Uh, it's just kind of being very careful. The safest way, as Ruth said, kind of is actual plants, fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, fresh herbs, and also, you know, fresh quinoa, fresh um, chickpeas, fresh beans, but then making sure that you're, with regards to having a high potassium diet, just being careful if, the, if you have high potassium, that you're not overdoing it on the potassium side and you're boiling your veggies and you're boiling uh, you know, your legumes and, and those items to kind of reduce the potassium. Uh, but other than that, it's just the more, basically the fresher, the better and being careful yeah. of the, the, these kind of new products. Um, so then overall, if I was a, a kidney patient and I'm wanting to get into a plant-based diet, um, we've gone through the history, why it's good for you, kind of where I get my protein from, the places I get it from, but where would I actually start? Like, so I go, I'm, I'm convinced I need to start this plant-based diet because I feel like that's a way of life I can move forward. It, it, where would I start with that? Like, what would my first step be? So I, I would really suggest thinking about one meal a day, changing one meal a day, or even less than that, maybe three meals a week. And then thinking, right, I'm going to explore using beans and lentils. Um, there's some very good websites that explain really well how to cook them and what to do with them i think for me the simplest thing is i had a i used to have a vegan who used to come to me regularly and i made up this dish really easily fried leeks add crushed tomatoes and then add in a tin of mixed beans she, she loved it um so it's, it's actually very easy once you just get your head around it 
you know, that obviously everyone's got the internet, you can do a lot of research on how to cook these things. It's really easy. If you get a tin of beans, it's very easy. It may be a bit tricky with the dried because you have to soak them overnight and you might not be used to doing that. And that, you know, if you forget, then you can't use them because they can be toxic. But I think tin beans or tin lentils in the salad or in a salad, like lunchtime, boil up some endamame beans, chuck them with some leaves and cucumber and radish and and um, carrot. It's, it's a great bunch. The handful yeah, of a good example is I think last night I made a, I got some vermicelli noodles and then um, with uh, some red peppers, uh, some zucchini and um what was the other vegetable that i used oh yeah a bit of broccoli and then i um got tofu and i drained it and then i turned them into like chicken pieces and then oh, put yeah. them in the oven made them crispy and seasoned them with a bit of dry rub and kind of some cumin and some paprika and having that all together uh, i kind of made that for my family and you know it's something you'd get at a restaurant something as that quality it has the texture of the meat with the tofu because it's crispy um, and you can get all those same flavors as you would from chicken. And I think to Ruth's point, I think it's experimenting, trying to find your favorite dishes and how you can replicate um, because long-term it's going to be hugely valuable for your health uh, and trying just to find out. I think most important, what I find is like find the flavor profile you like and try and replace items to get that same flavor you like or texture um, with something that will be plant-based um, and that, I think tofu is a really good area for replacing chicken, yeah. uh, you know, quinoa and bulgur and lentils is a really good area for texture. If you want something yeah. that's got a bit more bite in it and beans as well is quite nice for getting, you, you kind of think when the first thing you miss when you remove meat is the texture and the, you know, the main bit of the dish and trying to find that chickpeas is also a very good area for filling, get, keeping yourself fulfilled um, and you can do a lot with making burgers with, with once you've got those items. So there's lots you can do and there's so much on the internet you can research. So I just get experimenting with one or two dishes and find one that you can turn into a staple. Um, yeah, and I think it, it is tricky. Sorry, it is tricky, but I think just try slowly. Like, like I said, one meal a day or, or a couple of meals a week. And just like Carl said, experiment. It's really worth it. And I think it really benefit your health. Yeah. And it's not, I def definitely think there is a bit of perception around plant-based and vegan that's slowly moving away. But before it was all around like a hippie focus and saving the planet and all that negative connotations about it. It is really about your, your body. And if we go back to the beginning of the podcast, you know, humans have been around for tens of thousands of years and our bodies aren't used to taking on so much meat. So it's doing your body a favor by eating more veggies or veggie related items and fruit because that's what your body can digest really well and if your kidneys aren't working that well it's even better for your kidneys to digest good for your weight um, and think about it from more that perspective and not the fact that you're changing your lifestyle it's just finding the flavors you like changing a few meals and in the long long term lots of research has shown that i think um, the only ones i've seen that relate to plant-based diet that's seen research is Mediterranean diets. Yeah. Mediterranean yeah. diet. That, has there been medical research around Mediterranean diets? And yeah. it's probably the closest one that there is. Quite a, bit a lot. There's quite a lot on the Mediterranean diet and benefits to health um, in terms of diabetes and heart disease and stroke, blood pressure management. 
there is quite that's a lot. probably the closest thing to plant-based diet where there yeah. is medical uh, and it, yeah. it doesn't matter i mean it makes logical sense the more fresh things you're putting in your body yeah. the yeah. healthier you're going to be so um the last kind of question we've had have is around um you know we've talked about where you start but is there particular people online to follow um that are trusted or areas that people should go to to find information beyond this podcast and beyond our Facebook group um, that you recommend? So there's a fabulous dietitian in America, um, Jen Hernandez, who is plant, she calls herself plant-based kidneys or plant-powered kidneys, sorry, plant-powered kidneys. Um, and she's got a Facebook group and she's got a website with lots of great information about having a plant-based diet and how to start and what to do and the benefits as well. Um, she's she's the she's really the main person in the kidney nutrition world I would would go to. There's also um, there's a book called Plant Fed Kidneys. Um, if you just Google it, it will come up straight away. Um, it's got pictures of a kidney and a plant on the front cover, and that's not a bad book um, to look at if you're not sure where to start. And we'll try our best with the Kidney Ally website to put as many plant plant friendly recipes as possible with lots of flavor combinations um, as well. Um, if you want to check it, that out, if the website's not up, that's kidneyally.com. And we discuss all this stuff in our Facebook group, uh, Kidney Disease Diet and Recipe Tips as well, which you'll see on Facebook uh, with a nice big salmon in the middle, um, and um, which is quite contradictory to the podcast, uh, but uh, on plant-based. But yeah, anyway, long story short, uh, there's lots of information online, but be careful where you get it from. Make sure it's verified either from Ruth or from a national institution um, and that is medically verified. Uh, but that's kind of the end of the podcast today, guys. Uh, thank you so much for spending time with us. You can check out the back catalogue. There's lots of different podcasts now you can check out. Again, check out the website, kidneyally.com um, and join the conversation on our Facebook group. Uh, thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye.